this is an episode about the people we admire, the people I admire, because I was noticing that the the people I admire have a lot more in common with myself than I thought. To, to share this realization on the podcast today because it's a really handy tool to use if you're lacking a bit of clarity on what it is you actually want to be doing, uh, whether it's your job or in life, like which people you want to connect with and it's interesting because I've only, I've known about this for a while, but I haven't really put it into practice myself. And while I was preparing uh, what I wanted to say for this episode, while I was just exploring all the different angles we could look at it from, I started to uncover more and more of the benefits of using this as a tool to uh, get to know yourself a little bit better. Because really, you know, who are we? Who are we? You know, we don't get handled, handed a manual when we're born, like saying, okay, here is exactly what you want to be doing. These are the things you like. These are the things you don't like. Just go off and do them. It doesn't work like that. So there's a few tools that we can use to make that process a little bit faster and easier and clearer and even uh, quite fun in the process. And one of those is listing out who it is you admire. And I did this for myself and it's, it, it's like a, a good, you know, top five. If you're really struggling to fit everyone you admire into a top five, then I guess you could make the list a bit longer. It doesn't hurt. But I think for the sake of simplicity, just have five slots open for uh, the people you really admire. These people are people you that just make you stop and go, wow. Something they're doing, some way they're being, just makes you stop and, go, and, and just go, wow. Uh, I, I, want, I either want to do that or that has impressed me, that has brought me to a place inside myself where I've become so quiet and so calm and so amazed with the world around me that there are either no words or the only word that's there is wow. It doesn't have to be exactly, that feeling doesn't have to be exactly as I described it, but something like that, you know. So really think about who these people are. So for me, I came up with a top five list and I realized that these top five will change uh, over time. So if I did this exercise again, say next year, that top five would have been sort of swapped out. Maybe number one. Um, oh, let me just say that the, the top five, it's not like, bet, you know, most inspiring to, to least inspiring. You could organize it that way, but I'm just saying 
just have a selection of five people. So top five, they're not numbered bullets. They're just like dot points, um, like list, you know, listing five people that you, uh, you admire. So yeah, I wanted to say that, so this list can change over time, but what I've found is that the people I admire, they all share similar characteristics or the characteristics that they have, the characteristics that I admire, those things are generally more or less the same. And the whole point of this exercise is to look at the people you admire and use them as signposts, which point you to your inherent interests in life. The things that make you go, wow, the things that you, that just silence you and make you just stop and be very present and think, wow, what an amazing place I live in or your curiosity levels are going off the, just going through the roof. I don't know how to talk about curiosity levels. So I just want to run through my own list of these five people to show you how I go into each of these people and identify what it is exactly I admire about them. Because it's not, it's not just them as a person. It's like, oh, you know, I love um, Justin Bieber. I don't really, but let's just use him as an example. I don't love him as a person. It's something about what he's doing in some aspect of what he's doing that I admire, that I love. And that is the part which reflects back to me what it is inside myself that is noticing that in in another person. So my list at the moment is... It consists of a range of different people from different art forms. And let me just list them off. So you would have heard of some of these people and others probably not, unless you're me. <laughs> if you are, let me know and we can have a, a talk all about that. I can I get the chance to uh, perhaps interview myself. Hmm. First on the list, as I said, these aren't in... in uh, a hierarchical order. None of these people take more importance over the other. They're just a list of people that I admire. So we have Niels Fram, who is a a composer and musician who lives in Berlin. What do I admire about him? Why is he on my list? His creativity, the way he composes music, the way he performs live on stage is incredible. And so I just want to um, uh, include a little um, preface here about what I'm about to do. I'm going to go into each of these sort of live right now. Um, I haven't drilled down into these myself. So I'm sort of taking you through the exercise as I do it myself. So for Nils Fram, I admire his, his stage presence because he's not trying to prove anything to anyone. He is simply just, he's just grounded within himself and he's sitting at the piano. He has multiple pianos around him and I'll, I'll have to include some links to some of his performances because they're just incredible. And it's so clear how comfortable he is. He's not thinking about messing up. He's not thinking about what the audience thinks of his music. He's just sitting there and letting 
his creative force, his creative energy flow through him and let that be translated into music onto the instruments in front of him. Now, he also has a crazy amount of technical knowledge and music theory behind him. So that adds to the whole um, experience of, of what you're listening to. It's, <laughs> this is the crazy thing. He's sitting there and I look at him and I notice certain things or interpret certain things. But why is it I'm interpreting his groundedness and his self-centeredness, not in the negative aspect, but just his very rooted presence on stage and that he is unaffected by how many people are sitting around him in an auditorium or a, a theater or wherever he's playing. The way he looks when he's playing on stage live is as if there's either no one watching or maybe just a few family and friends. So it creates this very um, intimate experience, very raw, very present uh, experience. But the, the th my point is the things I admire about him are personal to me. So someone else might look at his performance and be like, oh, I love the way he you know, moves between the instruments. It's quite fluid and, and organic. And I'll be like, what, what do you mean? I haven't noticed that. So I'm noticing the things that I'm noticing because I'm seeing them. They're coming through me. So this is why this exercise works to point back our admiration for others to just sort of reverse it like a mirror and realize that the things we're admiring in these other people are already inside of us. We already have all of these things inside of us. And that might be hard to believe if you feel completely disconnected from or, or doubt. It just there's a lot of self-doubt there. Like, I can never do anything like that. Like, I can never perform on stage like that. But it's that very doubt that is creating that cloud, creating that block between the thing you admire in someone else and you unlocking and expressing that for yourself. So second person on the list, another musician, is Nicholas Jar. So this guy, he, he's a, he lives in New York City. He's a, an electronic music producer. He's originally from, I believe, Chile. Hang on, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I had that right. So he's, he's uh, originally from Chile um, and he now lives in New York and he produces this very unusual organic electronic music and it's different every time and he, he's made some really low tempo uh, dance music that's very experimental, uh, not conventional by any standard and yet it has this quality to it. For me, this is a personal opinion, that it's not so experimental that it loses you and you think, oh, wow, I guess I would really enjoy this if I was in a really experimental kind of mood. No, it's so different and yet still engaging. So that's, it still sort of brings you through this experience. So it's an, a really, a real sort of organic journey. And what comes to mind right now, and I'll include a link to this in the uh, show notes, is his BBC um, Radio 1 mix. Anyway, that's a phenomenal mix. It goes for two hours long and the transitions and everything 
it's just pure creative musical energy, all this. Look, I'll just include a link to it. But it's clear to me that, again, see, I'm noticing these these themes between Nicholas Jar and Niels Fram. What I'm admiring in both of them is their ability to just be grounded within themselves, be so not confident, be so just grounded. So when I say that, I mean they aren't concerned about what others are thinking about what they're creating. For whatever reason, they, they have not attached a sense of their value to the output of their creativity. So this allows them to just create. And in that space, in that space of just creation, these amazingly organic uh, things form. So that's a common theme between both Nicholas Jar and Nils Fram, I've just noticed. So to me, already, this is just two people, I'm seeing a strong theme of not caring about what other people think. And well, before that is just, you know, I admire people who are just being themselves, just expressing themselves and in a way where they, it's such a natural flow. It's so organic and alive and authentic because there's no fear of judgment from others. There's no doubt that they can deliver and they're having fun. They're having fun with their own expression. So all of these things, I admire them because they're within myself and I know that and that excites me. Now, that's, I'm not saying that I'm going to become the next Nicholas Jarrell Nils Fram. I can't be. Those are the unique expressions of those people, the way they perform, the way they think, the way they create. However, the qualities I admire in them, I do have those within me. So those will be used and combined with all of the other qualities I have, all of the other interests I have, and form my unique expression of my creativity. So next person on the list, I was thinking whether to share this or not, but uh, this is someone I admire and he is on my list. His name is Conor McGregor. So if you know that name, you'll know that he is a fighter in the UFC. Um, I'm not a fan of fighting, but I remember seeing his picture. I think I was on a news site uh few years ago and I saw he'd won the, I believe it was the featherweight championship, the featherweight title. And this picture of him was him just sort of like roaring, like kind of screaming after defeating, uh, I think it was Chad Mendes and the power, the raw power in that photo. I was like, Hey, what's going on here? Like it just caught my eye and I clicked through and you know, there I'm introduced to Conor McGregor and I don't know how it happened. I was just intrigued and I just looked at a few of his fights and definitely don't like watching fighting, but that's a testament to how intriguing he was to me is that something grabbed me about him, his energy, the way he was fighting that, (laughs) that made me start watching fighting, um, only his fights, but it, it brought me into it. So it was quite a powerful thing. I'm like, what's going on here? Why, why am I so intrigued with this guy? Okay, so he's a little bit different from the other two. And what I admire about this guy is before every major fight or every fight, he will have a very clear vision of the outcome of that fight. 
And it's a vision of him winning the fight. Also, in what way he would win the fight, whether it's uh, through a knockout or uh, going full five rounds or something like that. I sound like a fighting commentator using all these these fighting terms. This is this is strange. I'm sharing this on a podcast all about being your authentic self. I'm sharing. I'm talking about a UFC Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah, no, cool. I'm I'm feeling feeling fine about that. So he has this very clear vision, and it's not. There's no again, no doubt. There's no doubt he will be successful. It's already a reality to him. And I've watched a few uh, press interviews with him and they talk about, you know, what was going through your mind. And he's just sharing that the outcome is so clear to him that he, he's feeling it. He can feel the outcome already. He can already feel the belt around his waist from having won that fight, that title. And if you watch that performance, you will see that come through his actions. And his whole body language, his whole energy is all directed towards that one outcome. And because this isn't a commonly held uh, trait amongst other fighters or other people for that matter, all of the other fighters I see, you know, some fear creeps in because they're not used to being confronted with this level of authentic power of such known success that they start freaking out. They start doubting their own ability to be successful. And this is why he uh, wins, you know, he's got a, he wins all of his fights pretty much with the exception of a couple. What is it I admire about Conor McGregor? For me, that is his present moment awareness of the situation. He doesn't get ahead of himself. He's not thinking or hoping of a certain outcome. He is in the moment and in that moment, he's accepting everything as it is. And there's no fear present with him. If there is, it's a very small amount. And he's just focused on the very next moment. It, it's not a thinking. And this is, this is, the, this is the point. And people are amazed with his, his timing and his precision of his punches. And I know from experience that that timing and that, that, that precision does not come from an analytical mind. That part of the mind works too slowly for that amount of precision and that amount of timing. You know, he lands punches that you think, wow, that's, you just look at them on the replay and he lands these big combos. It's, uh, it's not because he's thinking about, you know, where the guy's head is going to be. He's sensing with his whole being the energy of the other fighter. Now, this is my interpretation, clearly, but I'd like to think it's pretty close. I'd like to think that is actually what's going on. In any case, it brings me back to my point. The things that I admire within this man are things I already have within myself. I do not but want to become an ultimate fighter. <laughs> However, there's two main things here that I admire about Conor McGregor. His in-the-moment awareness and the space that provides him just to let all of his skills just fly and his complete knowing in the outcome that he will be successful. And that sentence is a bit of a paradox in itself when I'm talking about this level of certainty because it's already a reality. And now his actions are just aligning with that reality. So it's a very interesting process. And that 
is a skill or that is a trait I've noticed in many of the very, very, very successful uh, business leaders, life coaches, all of these people have, have just this certainty that they will be successful, that it is already a reality. Yeah, so I'll leave that there. Now, next person, I think I'm going to talk about Chris Jocelyn. And he is a skateboarder. Uh, I'm almost certain that hardly any of you will know of him. And you don't need to know because I'm going to tell you all about him right now. Well, a little backstory. I used to skateboard when I was younger and I was never really that good. Certainly nowhere close to uh, a professional level of skateboarding. It was really just having fun with friends. But somehow that stuck with me. And I watch skateboarding videos every uh, from time to time on YouTube just to unwind, just to, to chill out. And came across Chris, Chris Jocelyn. And... He, he was, I was watching this skateboarding competition that's sponsored by, you know, all these huge corporate sponsors. And again, why, why am I drawn to him and not other skateboarders who are doing amazing tricks technically? So in this, in this competition, I'm thinking about he's challenging some of the, the, the world's uh, greatest skateboarders. And he's, he's been labeled the rookie in this competition. And that's that's not affecting him at all. He's he's you know he's just waiting his turn to go out and skate, and I really admire that because there's it's not just going out and skating with friends. It's going out and if like there's a, again a hundred thousand people watching you, their eyes are on you to land that trick, and not just any old trick, but some of the best most technical tricks in the world. And despite all that pressure, it's not affecting him. It's not affecting him because he is in this self-assured place. He knows what to do. He's very calm and confident in his ability to just skate. And sure, he might not land the trick he's trying, but most of the time he will. He's not in this space of what can I do to impress people? Because if he was in that mindset, he's already stepped out of his his ability to perform. He's basically putting other people first before his natural expression. And so he might do tricks that really wow people, but it will lack this this, this other quality to it. And I'm having trouble putting a word on that one. This authenticity, I think it's the authentic expression of his energy and why that is so amazing and why I'm so, I'm not, a, maybe I am addicted to it. Hmm, I should look into that. Authenticity Anonymous. Mm. why that's so amazing is because you are witnessing a flow that is so unique that has never been seen before because the combination of that person's personality, everything that's made that person from their early childhood memories, their, their hardships, their successes, their year four presentation that went so badly, the fight they won in uh, high school with the the biggest bully in the school, like all of these little memories and successes com- all combine to make this unique individual and the way in which they are now expressing themselves. Okay, so that's enough about about Chris Jocelyn, but I'm sure you're beginning to see some some patterns here with the people I admire, all very, very similar. Now, the last name on this list, I'm sure most of you would have heard of, this guy is called Tony Robbins. He's a life coach and very and just an inspirational um, 
speaker. I recently just watched his documentary, I Am Not Your Guru, which was uh, actually the first time. It basically documents one of his uh, multi-day workshops called Date With Destiny, where he brings about 2,500 people into a room uh, well, into a venue, and he—it's a—it's a—it's a multi-day conference. I think it goes for six days, twelve hours a day. It's an intensive workshop, and he basically acts as the catalyst for changing what he's calling destiny. So, changing these core core behaviors, and um, in doing so, changing the course of someone else's life. Um, he's not doing it for them. He's guiding them through that process. Anyway, so what came through in this documentary, and I've also listened to a few of uh, a few podcasts with him and watched a few of his TED Talks, is this guy is larger than life, not just physically, because he's quite a tall man. I think he's like six foot seven or six foot eight, right? maybe even close to seven foot. I'm not quite sure. But his energy, his... Again, he's just knowing of what he is going to do, not trying to do, is going to do. His knowing of that allows his energy just to come forth, his natural, caring, compassionate energy to come forth and help the person in front of him, the person that's telling them, telling him uh, their situation. And if you have watched the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, you would have seen and definitely noticed his unconventional ways of bringing someone through the things that are blocking them. And, you know, some of the things include just downright insulting people. And he does this not to, he does this for another outcome. He's not doing it to insult them. He's doing it to basically throwing a, a bucket of cold water over them to wake them up out of this part of them that is a conditioned part of their mind that's just running this pattern of like, I'm not good enough or it's always been like this and I don't know what to do. And so he kind of snaps them out of this with this very abrasive language. Where does that come from? You know, he hasn't read that in the in a book saying, okay, yeah, if you want to be uh, effective, you need to uh, swear at someone, you need to insult someone when they're seeking help from you. he That's his creative drive. That's the way he operates. And he operates that way. That's just coming forth. And now it is quite a questionable um, area. Uh, I'm not going to go into that. The thing that I admire about Tony Robbins and his approach is that he is being true to himself. If he wants to swear, he'll swear. And the other thing I noticed, because I watched this, do- watched parts of this documentary twice just to let them sink in, because it's it's very very rich and uh, intense in its content. And what I was noticing when I was watching it back is that he's working out his approach in the moment, and he's fine with that. He's not he's not thinking to himself, oh, I re- you know I don't know how to help this person. He's like, no. I am going to help this person. I am helping this person. And even though he knows that, he's still coming back into the moment, so, so focused on them and all their body language, all their tone of voice, their the movement of their eyes, the way they're holding their arms or the way they're standing. He's noticing all of that. And he's trying out, he's being creative in the way he tries out different approaches with them. So he might start taking the really hard line 
as I was talking before about him being quite abrasive with his language, and then realize, oh, actually, this isn't as I thought it was. This person actually needs more care, more tenderness, more listening, more openness from me, and not so much uh, force. And so then he'll adapt and, and bring that quality through. Bringing it back to the thing I admire about him is, again, it's his present moment awareness and the fact that it's allowing him to adapt in a way that is the most beneficial for helping another person, the person in front of them. He is completely dedicated to discovering and going into what it is this person needs in that moment to heal or understand this aspect, an aspect that's been blocking them to understand that aspect of themselves. So running through that list again quickly, Niels Fram, very grounded in his in his stage presence, very you know, doesn't care about what other people are thinking about his creativity. There's not a single ounce of doubt in his mind about if he can perform or not or if his songs if he's gonna make a you know, if he's gonna mess up on the piano. Um, Nicholas Jar as well, his organic creativity that's coming out and his and he's not afraid to uh, do things differently to produce new sounds that people have not heard before and and he comes up with these creations that are satisfying to listen to and then there's Conor McGregor with his in the moment adaptation uh, much like Tony Robbins as well his creative fighting skills his clear clear knowing that his success is already a reality and his unbelievable work ethic. And Tony Robbins shares that with Conor McGregor, in my opinion. Uh, Tony Robbins has dedicated his life to helping people. Yeah, helping as many people as he can and, and getting them on their path so they can fully express themselves. I think that's the path that I'm on as well. Uh, I feel very, very strongly about that. I don't need to put that into words to know that. I can just feel it. And I guess that's why I admire Tony, because he's traveling a similar path. And then Chris Jocelyn, who I mentioned before Tony, was uh, this skateboarder who is just skating. He's, he's letting his passion for skateboarding come through first and not worrying about whether he can land these tricks or he's not thinking about what's most pleasing for other people to see. He's thinking... What's most pleasing for me? What's, what trick do I want to do right now? And because of that, his flow is there, his creativity is there, and he busts these tricks that look incredible, and he's doing them, he's landing them in these highly pressurized situations. So that's my little list. Uh, I hope that provided some clarity on looking at uh, which aspects of these people I admire and seeing how they relate back to me. And so you can go into each of these aspects more and more. I, I choose the form of writing, sort of writing their name down and thinking, what is it I admire about Nils Fram or whatever? And then answering that question, then asking, why is it I admire that quality about the person? So for me, I notice, notice themes of this present moment awareness, this sureness of success, this sureness of outcome, huge uh, drive, huge dedication to a cause, to a heartfelt cause, and also expression, just free-flowing expression in this moment, free of fear, because there is no doubt, there is no doubt that you can perform, and there is a self-grounding, which allows that 
uh, fearless expression to take place. And I feel like some of that has actually come through in this episode. So that's a, that's a nice thing. Now, you might be thinking, okay, so Ben, are you saying you're going to be an ultimate fighting championship that helps people uh, with problems and um, is skateboarding from time to time, busting amazing tricks and also making amazing music? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that through all these people, I get a sense that I can see common themes that are within me. So I can be pretty assured that the path I'm on and the the things I'm going to be drawn to are going to have some of these elements within them. And I can also use this information to know like, okay, so say I'm about to, you know, deciding which university course to take and I go through this exercise, I can then use the outcomes of this to direct my decision. So, you know, what is going to touch on some of these elements? Maybe there's a public speaking course I can take, or maybe there's a few units within a larger course that I can take for public speaking to, to learn more about this free-flowing expression. So, understanding more of what you like, more of who you are already inside, gives you a greater clarity to making decisions on, well, any area of your life you want to you look at. If you know what you like and what you don't like, what drives you and what depresses you, you can make better choices more often just knowing that information, knowing what it is that fuels you and inspires you. So I hope there was some useful nuggets in there. At some point, I'm going to create a course, a short course about finding your passion. And this exercise will definitely definitely be featured as a tool in that course for uncovering your inner drives, your inner passion. You know, your passion isn't something that you just create out of thin air. It already exists within you. And it's the combination of all the things you're curious in and the things that just make you go, wow, I want to be a part of that or I want to do that. That's all for this week. Uh, episode 34. Episode 35 is coming up. That will be the uh, sixth episode for this six-week stretch. And I'll be taking a break uh, after the after the 35th episode uh, goes live. And I'll be, yeah, I'll t- be taking a month off just to rest and regroup, reflect on the year ahead. Next week will be uh, my year in review episode reflecting on all the things I've learned this year, the, the, the things I've gone through, the things, the decisions I've made, the, the experiences I've had. It's a big reflection uh, on that. It's been a huge year. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, uh, check out the show notes for this episode if you're interested in looking further into any of the people I mentioned uh, in this podcast. I'll include links to all of their, uh, their amazingness in the post. And I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. So I will see all of you next week. 